This is X Factor Leadership with Ramon Newman on the Saving Brothers Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Saving Brothers Podcast. Uh, I have a very special gentleman with us today. He is going to empower your reality like nobody else. Uh, with all that's going on in the world and has gone on the last week, I think the conversation with uh, Dr. Vic Manzo is going to be very timely and very relevant uh, for all uh, listening and especially for those entrepreneurs uh, out there and those uh, working in the chiropractic world where uh, Dr. Manzo has some speciality with. So a bit about uh, Dr. Vic. He's a business uh, mindset coach. He is also a certified pediatric chiropractor, inspirational speaker, and influential author. He's the author of two books, Rediscover Your Greatness and A Walk in the Dark, with a third book coming out. We we're just talking about this uh, in the on the second quarter of 2022, so just around the corner there, uh, called Decoding the Matrix, which I'm completely fascinated by because I'm a real Matrix fan, and given the... Uh, was the fourth movie just came out recently. I'm sure uh, this is going to be a very enlightening book. So Dr. Vic is also the creator uh, and the host of The Mindful Experiment with over 360 episodes and also the Mindful Chiropractic Podcast. Dr. Vic Manzo, welcome to Saving Brothers. Brother, I appreciate having me on. I'm excited to be here. I, de- I definitely had to have you on because uh, – you know, we haven't known each other very long, and you know, we, we did a podcast interview a few months back, and and right after the first uh, uh, conversation, you, you emailed me and, and and called me brother, and uh, I go, okay, this guy's definitely got to be on the Saving Brothers podcast, and uh, you're definitely in that in that world of of helping people and, and brothers and sisters alike. Uh, so I really want to dive into. Uh, what you bring to the table uh, for those that you serve. Uh, firstly, can you please, please give us a, a, a detailed or a brief detailed background in terms of how you got to be doing what you're doing today? You know, what were the, some of the things that caused you to, to do what you do now? Love it. Love this question because it, it, it's, it's fully loaded. I try to give, I'll give a backstory, but I'll be short with it. Uh, my journey actually starts from when I was, what got me into chiropractic. So I had some health issues at 19. I was playing rugby at Arizona State. Um, and I was always in nutrition and health. I did a lot of supplements. I, I studied nutrition, macros, all that good stuff, worked out. And uh, But when I got to school, my, my health just kept declining, just kept getting worse. And I just didn't understand so that put that first, I didn't go to the chiropractor at first. I was going to go to a medical doctor because I'm like, there's just too much going on in my body. Uh, this seems like a blood disorder or something, but I'm not a doctor. And um, took about a month to get in. And then my mom's like, hey, after almost, it was almost a month in. And she's like, um, why don't you go see Dr. Frank? And Dr. Frank was a chiropractor I saw when I was a kid. My mom's been going to him since I was born almost. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, if you can get me in the next day or two, I'd be more than happy to see him because I've been waiting a month. Mm-hmm. Um, she got me in the next, he got me, they were able to get me in the next day. That started my journey to see what chiropractic is really all about. From that moment on though, um, you know, in chiropractic, a lot of times they think we're back doctors. Like that's what a lot of people think. Um, and that, that's the fault of chiropractors in the media and other things, but really we're brain doctors. That's really what we're working on. We just use the spine as a tool to change how the brain functions and communicates. But long story short, um, I didn't know it at the time I was learning all this neuroscience and learning all this neurology and all this fun stuff. 
But it wasn't until after uh, I got out of chiropractic school, I, I became a chiropractor, pediatric chiropractor and had a business and everything. But I was always intrigued by the mind. Uh, the mind has always fascinated me. Um, ever since I was 12 years old, I always told my mom, I'm going to figure out this game called life. Um, she thought I was a little crazy when I said that at 12. But I knew there had to be something. Like, why was Michael Jordan so great? You know, I, I, I use sports. I always looked at sports because Michael Jordan, you, you could take LeBron James and Michael Jordan. If you look at just from physical talent, like just the, the strength and speed and that, mm-hmm. LeBron James blows him out of the water. But Michael Jordan has something about him that made him one of the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. And it's one of those things like what made that shift? So Mm -hmm. my whole world started. I wanted to understand that what made people be a certain way. And Mm -hmm. so um, understanding the neuroscience, I didn't go back to really go back to look at my studies and stuff until about seven, eight years out of school. But Mm -hmm. I did study energy medicine. I used to be a Reiki master and trainer. I used to study, I studied different modalities. I studied spiritual laws, universal laws, all those kind of things. And it started to give me piece by piece. I just started putting these pieces of the puzzle together and it took about, you know, seven, eight years out. All of a sudden I had a puzzle and I looked and I go, I think I have something here. I don't have it all. No one's ever going to figure out everything, but at least I had something where I'm like this, there's some substance here. There's really something to this. And then I started to see in the personal development, self-help world, you know, you can go to a seminar, right? I, I've done some tons of these. Uh, you go to a seminar, you learn all this great stuff, you get all pumped up. And then a month later, it was, I think the research is like 93 or 95% of the people don't even implement that in their life. So mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't good. This has to change. And then the messages and the information are great. Nothing against them. But it didn't it didn't stimulate a move to make a shift. And so I'm like, what's missing? Um, mm-hmm. Is it just people are not motivated or is it is it them? And what, what's happening here? So that's where I started looking at mindset a lot and just trying to understand what is a system that I could put together. And so I usually say what I'm putting together, what, what I've come together with now and where I'm at in this stage of my life is that I, I, I take spirituality, spiritual concepts, and I bring science with it, quantum physics and neuroscience. And I, and I, I show how they're interconnected. And how science is supporting spirituality and at the Mm -hmm. same token, understanding these principles. So if you're saying, well, hey, universal laws or the universe, that's a lot out there. That's woo-woo stuff. All right, let's talk about quantum physics. Let's talk about how your brain actually works and how it actually supports and proves what people were saying 5,000 years ago. Yeah. And so that's what I kind of put together. And uh, I'm a big passionate person about be- working with entrepreneurs. So that's kind of where my path led me to there. Uh, and then yeah. just recently started working with chiropractors. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things people don't realize the connection between what's happening externally to what's going on internally. You know, and, uh, and once we realize that the reality is created within ourselves first, then naturally it gets extended outside. And you're drawing that connection using neuroscience, using the spine. Because, you know, think about it. Where, where does the impulses for the spine to operate in our body, my body coordination to happen? It, it starts up here, you know, and then the impulses are sent down that spine and, and we start to coordinate what we need to coordinate. So the more that is obviously developed and, and less stressed, then the more coherent and orderly and super fluid that that expression of that individual and that potential is going to be. So it's it's amazing that you've you, you've put those two together, you know. So someone needed to do that, and I'm glad you did. Yeah. So, so in terms of how you know we're, we're going to you know focus here, you see on the screen, we're talking about mastering business performance and, and the stress of business performance. Can you first of all talk about some of the the stresses that that business people that you work with? chiropractors that you work with, what, what are they under? What are they, what are they really, what are their big stresses that you're, you're addressing for them? 
You know, one of the biggest ones is, you know, I guess stressors are that, you know, we all have different stressors in the man. Sometimes it can be financial stressors. Sometimes it can be uh, the big one is mental, emotional. And this one comes from, you know, in chiropractic, again, you're going to hear me talk a lot about chiropractic because that's where I like, there's a lot of principles there that I took and I was like, wow, this is great. I can use this. Um, 80% 80% of what causes, you know, in chiropractic, we look at the nervous system. There's something called a subluxation. That's a fancy word that just means a miscommunication. And it's a miscommunication between the brain and the body. And it's usually yep. somewhere in the spine that's causing that. Yep. And so what ends up happening is, is that 80% of the time, that's a mental, emotional component that's one of the causes to this. So mm-hmm. when you look at business people in life, when you look at what they deal with, usually the stressors of what they're, they're focusing on is they have these mental, this subconscious mind to them, the roadblocks that they don't, are not aware of that they have, that they have holding them down, that's limiting them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, they don't tell me this. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're not like saying, Doc, I got this thing. It's a limited belief system, five years old. This is when it was imprinted <laughs> in my nervous system. It's but programmed. It it's showing up somewhere. It's showing yes. up somewhere, you know? Because the beautiful thing is, and this is what I tell my clients all the time, when things show up, they're like, how are you going to help me with a belief system? I said, it'll come up. Don't worry. I was like, mm-hmm. how? I said, this is why I have a, like, when anyone works with me, I'm always like, you got to work a commitment of six months because it's going to take me time to those yeah. patterns to unravel and show. Yeah. Um, as I'm writing my book, I was in the, literally today, I was writing this in the chapter. I was saying, it, like, when first people start coaching with, with me, it's like a honeymoon phase. They're all into it. They're all excited. And I say, it's too to three months and I go in two to three months, their patterns come out. The subconscious mm-hmm. takes back over. It's just like in a relationship. Oh my God, this person's amazing. You love yeah. everything about them. Research shows it's about six weeks. Could be up to three months. Right. Or all of a sudden that whole world starts to crash. And it's not that the, it's the person, it's your patterns and your conditioning and belief systems and all that stuff. It's you can't fake it. It's going to come back and it's going to hit that surface. Yep. So I would say that from a mental emotional component, I mean, we can go many different elements to that. Uh, I'm just kind of keeping it general, but it's one of those things where um, those are the things that they deal with. So it's like, you know, wanting to do something and they keep seeing like a result not show up. That's usually my, one of my cues. That's like, okay, where's the inner talk? Where's the emotions when you think of that? When, when, when you have this, when that, when that trigger happens with, let's say a patient doesn't sign up for care and you take it personal because you have a low self-worth that shows up from that. Or maybe uh, you're an entrepreneur and uh, you're, you're, you're trying to think you have to do everything on your own uh, instead of saying, hold on here, wait a minute, what, what can I focus on and how can I delegate some of this stuff off and, or ask for help? It's not that's a sign of weakness. Yeah. Um, you know, it's actually a sign of strength when you do that. So yeah. um, those are some of the components I'll see uh, when I'm working with people, but it really comes down to that subconscious mind stuff because yeah. That dictates 95% of what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And this is where the the self-mastery is so important if you want to improve business performance and not be caught in the trap of being stressed, you know, by your business performance. And so, you know, it's like people are looking for immediate gratification, like, hey, we're going to do this and, and, and like, our life's going to be perfect, but what we don't realize is that, as you know, there's, there's layers, as you're talking about, in the subconscious that that have been there and conditioned for such a long time, you know, and, and they have to be, you know, gently unraveled and, and the stress is released and a new coherence brought into that situation. And so, you know, I think, you know, everyone has to realize, hey, what, whatever you're experiencing today may not be from what you did last month or last year. It may be from 10 years ago, you know, and, and the fruits of your actions are, are showing up now with a positive or negative. And so, therefore, you know, we've got to understand that, what you're doing or with someone like you today might show up in a year's time, you know, 
it might not show up in, in three or six months' time. And, and that's why it's, it's good when you work with someone like Dr. Vic is that you're invested and committed to it because the results are going to show up. But if you bail and you think they're not showing up, then one, there's a belief issue there. <laughs> and, and two, you're going you're gonna to shortcut yourself. You're going to you know, cut yourself off from actually experiencing the results that you signed up and were committed to, to experiencing by hiring someone. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious how you, you know, help people bring, bring people back to like, okay, we've got this problem with the business performance and we're stressed about business performance. What's your process for helping them realize like, hey, we've got to go deeper than just focusing on your business performance. You know, how do you, how do you get them to let go of the, the grip of the stress so that they can get back to themselves? Yeah, the first thing I focus on that I'm really big about is vision. Right. Going back to the basics. And this sounds like simple stuff. Some people go, there's no way I get this a lot of times where people go, there's no way what you're telling me is that's going to work to get to where I want to get to. Let's say you want to double your business and profits or you want to, you know, open up another business or whatever it may be. And I always tell them, I go, well, it, it all, if you understand the principles of vision, I mean, it's not my belief. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's in many different things that have been talked about. I usually talk about like Proverbs uh, 29, 18, then they'll talk about, um, um, people without a vision will perish. It's very important right there. And so, and and why does that relate? Well, vision works because the mind, if you, whatever you see in your mind's eye, you're going to see within, you know, Bob Proctor, whatever you see in your mind's eye, you're going to hold in your hand. I always say, whatever you're going to see in your mind's eye, you're going to train the eyes to see in your reality because um, that's a spiritual truth. But the quantum physics, proven that also through the observer effect. We also have that in neurology. So that's where the premise is. And I really work with people on vision. And vision means what is it that you are here to do? What's your main purpose? What fires you up? So I yep. work with people on tapping into that and getting yep. back into their emotions, right? Coming back in here instead of thinking, right? Because I call it the matrix. We did my new book and I'm always like the matrix influences you to think what it may be or what you think is you, but it's not because you're yep. with the human collective consciousness and all this stuff. Yep. And so the you really have to dive in and tap back into emotion and just feel Get that good feeling. Like if you think of something like love or you think something of joy or something that brings you uh, – think of a happy moment in your life, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel good about that. Yeah. That's the feeling I try to get people to start to be in tune with. And so I start teaching them how to tap into their emotions, to use their body the way it was designed to as a tool um, yeah. to give you that physiological response. It's not – you know, I remember when I was learning spiritual stuff like energy healing and they'd be like – I'm like, is this really happening or is this like me just – in my head, right? When I was first learning about feeling where energy was or seeing yep. it, like imbalances. And um, they're like, no, that's a, that's actually a physiological response. And so I had to go talk to my neuro teachers and be like, tell me how this works. I need to know. And they're like, yeah, yeah you ever have a bad feeling and your gut all of a sudden gets really tight, your stomach tightens up. That's you picking up on yeah. energy. And I was yeah. like, that is so cool. Um, but that's kind of the premise of where I start. And so what I'm trying to teach them is once you grasp vision, choices happen faster. Right. Because vision, the way that my system set up is that when you have vision, now all of a sudden you don't you're not going to get distracted as much. You also don't get bothered by the short term challenges that you face because you know where you're going. You know that as long as you you have to have faith and I don't mean religious faith. I mean, faith of inner knowing that the way the universe is here to support you or God or Allah, whatever you want to put that label on, that it's always going to support what you want. Your wish is my command. It's it's really like this. And. 
you just have to, we weren't taught the, well, we used to be taught these principles. We've lost them over time for whatever reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're making a comeback, but it's one of those things yeah. where, because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, if I can find these and I've read them and I see them yeah. in the Bible and the Hindu and the Buddhist Bible and I see all these like connections, I'm like, people know it's there. It's, it's just, you know, it's been. Well, it's been- well you know, what, what you and I are both, you know, helping people realize is the unseen things that create the seen things, you know, and we're trying to help people get back to that, you know, and, and we're looking at business performance and we're looking at how how can we influence the business performance through changing the culture and the values or the strategy or the, or the execution and all that. And that's all important, but I don't realize that we all know what makes or breaks a business is the leadership performance. How are the leaders functioning, you know? And so, and, but then that's not, that's not the end of it. You know, leaders have to have clarity and vision, as, as you say, and creativity and a capacity to handle things and, and the ability to, you know, unify things and, and all this and, and be truthful. But where is that coming from? You know, and, and we've got to go to a deeper level and, and I call it leadership consciousness, you know, that we, we all have leadership consciousness, but we, we forget, you know, we get focused on these more, the, the branches of the tree instead of the, the trunk and the roots. And so, you know, I can see what you're doing and bring people back to that, that strong level of, of consciousness where all those evolutionary laws of nature are already there, you know, like it's, it's always been there. Knowledge is always there, but have we, have we connected ourselves to it? So, so it's fantastic what you're doing. So can you go in a bit about what's really, you know, what really makes a entrepreneur, a business owner, just lock into that that super fluid amazing experience you know the michael jordan you know just spontaneous right action you know in the right time sort of thing what, what's your what's your uh experience of, of creating that for people love that so a lot of things i talk about is being in a flow state and mm-hmm. so flow that's being uh you know it could be in the zone you know how do you just like so laser focused because that's really what it's all about it's just having your focus being all lasered to one area mm-hmm. and so i have tools and modalities that i'll teach clients to utilize to help build up what i call the focus muscle um mm-hmm. and those are things like you know meditation or breath work or you know mm-hmm. journaling or just the basic stuff like that or taking jumping in a 38 degree you know tub with ice yeah, you know yeah. um these Did are you things just want to explain the, the 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 principle of that why that why that's so effective so you know, when you go into a cold plunge and now there's cold showers there's research on cold showers yeah. i am not a fan of cold showers uh i live in knoxville tennessee right now so i'm from chicago i just moved here in december and it's one of those things where right now if i was in chicago cold showers are freezing cold okay because that water is cold but um, in Tennessee, it's like 50 degree water. And I'm like, yeah, this is not cold. But the reason why cold water, cryotherapy or, you know, cold plunges, things like that are really powerful is they mimic life. They mimic the stresses of life. And so what happens is I don't care what you say to yourself. I don't care how you think you're going to handle something or whatever that is. You jump in cold water. We're talking, I'm talking cold. 50 degrees isn't bad. I'm, I'm used to 50 degrees. So I can get in. I'm like, ooh, a little chill. And then I'm, I'm good. Mm. 38 degrees, I have a whole different expression going on. I'm I, at first like it's and it's literally how you handle stress. Like right. there's a part of your brain called the default brain. And the part of that brain is you're gonna respond to what you've been conditioned all your life for the most part. You can change this, it takes a lot of work, but um you can make you can recondition that part. But you're gonna have a natural response. It's like your knee-jerk reaction to things. And so you go in the cold water, um, yeah, you have the way you handle things, and you have to learn how to channel and refocus. That's really what it's all teaching you. Um, I know when I jump in 
in there. At first 10 seconds, I'm taking like a deep breath. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I'm like, oh, let me just let me just reset. And then it's about 10 seconds in, I'm in pure bliss. Like I'm just in a very beautiful state. I'm calm. I'm feeling my body. And then I just start breathing and just embracing it. Right. And yeah. what is it? You know, there's a lot of health benefits to it. I won't get into that. But from a business side, from a performance side and things like that, it's going to help build resiliency to your nervous system, which is going to yeah. make you more resilient to handle stress better. It's not yeah. going to let you get off course. So when you're working like how to get in that zone and how to really uh, level up, you know, the, the when you uh, the way you can stay, when the more focused you can stay and the more centered you can be, no matter what shows up in your life, the more you're going to create what you desire to ex- or what you like to experience. Exactly. It's just universal laws. So what the cold does is it represents life. So it's kind of like the practice before the game, you know, in any yeah. sport you can think of. So you're really just practicing handling your stress and just learning how to go deeper and deeper to allow it just to be instead of defense yeah. mechanisms coming up like this and tightening up. Yeah. And the better you can do that, the better you can handle your stress, the more you're going to show up being be- the better, ver- a greater version of yourself, which means you're going to have greater outcomes. It's going to be- affect performance. It's going to affect everything that you do. So something as simple as just jumping in cold water can do just that. Um, And the other thing to share is that when you do this, I I work with clients on this, when they have like a stuck in a rut or they, they have a pattern that just keeps showing up, I literally tell them, go jump in cold water, fill your tub with ice and jump in there. And I want you to just handle it for a minute or two. Just make sure you breathe um, or take a cold shower for at least a minute or two. And the reason why I recommend those things is because what what happens is your brain and nervous system goes into a defense mode. They think it's a threat. There's you jumped into cold. So right. it can't feed energy to what you were thinking about or what you're stressing about, or what depressed right. you or the rut you're in. It forces you to be centered. Yes. It takes you right back to source. And so yeah. all of a sudden when you come out of that, you do not feel the same. I always tell people it's neurologically impossible. Like, yeah, but what if? I'm like, no, you can go back there over time. But I'm saying the immediate moment you're in there, you are not going to be thinking about what depresses you. And then when you come out of it, you're going to feel more refreshed. And you're going to have a little bit more like just calmer sense of yourself because yeah. you're going back. You're, like you said, it's taking you and forcing you back to yourself. Yeah. And I've, I've noticed when I do that, I actually, and people need to realize that, okay, you're being uncomfortable for a little bit. And, and as you say, it's teaching people to be comfortable while they're, while there's uncomfort going on. So they're not so affected by the stress. But afterwards, after that, I've noticed I'm actually more coherent. My, and, and I've realized, and, I, and I've correlated this with the, was the second or third law of thermodynamics as temperature decreases, orderliness increases. So that that body is going, it's going actually closer to a coherent state. So when you come out, you go, oh, I actually feel more orderly and coherent, you know, because that's what the cold does. You know, it gets you back, as, as we've been saying, this, the centered value. So and, and that, that presence. And one of the things I've noticed about you, Dr. Vic, is like you have a tremendous presence. You know, your presence, I can tell, just lights up a room, you know, and I think that's so important that everybody recognizes that their presence is really, you know, the gift, you know, when you're a, have, when you br- bring your presence to be present with someone, then that has an enlivening effect. And just talk about from, from your point of view, how do you culture this presence, you know, for yourself and others? I mean, you've got this amazing smile that will just light up anyone's day, you know, bring people out of depression and maybe even cure cancer. So, <laughs> So how do you how do you have such strong presence, such a strong, joyful you know, presence? You know, 
Yeah, this this is a good question. There's a lot I can go into with this that I, I think may be it. Um, but it's just the to be honest, it's not gonna be a fancy answer. It's gonna be the consistent things I do every day. It's my mindset, how I you know, I grew up from a, a place where it was, you know, I had a lot of struggle, I had, you know, certain traumas, emotional traumas, things like that. And I always felt like this just can't be life. It has to be something different. And yeah. I started to just learn how to have a relationship with self. I spent time with myself. It was like when I got really emotional, no one could understand me. Mm-hmm. I'd run in a room and then I just, I would be with myself. I had no, I couldn't talk to anybody. No one would listen or understand me. And then yeah. listen and probably more understand where I was coming from. Cause I was just very, I was a sensitive kid, uh, sensitive to energy, sensitive to emotion, sensitive to other people's energies. And just, you know, as an mm-hmm. empath in some ways. Right. Um, but you know, there's a practice to it too, though. And, you know, when I was younger, I always had a message tell me the more you can eat closer to this. I'm going to go a couple different ways with this. The more you can eat closer to the source of what God gives you, which is food and nutrition, the more you can resonate to understand God. And I don't know why that came to me, maybe because I have a religious background. I have no idea, but it always was a message like around 18, 19. I used to hear that a lot. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to eat as healthy and as clean as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things that I do that will, you know, help me be more with myself, be more present. And that's that's my practice with meditation. That's my practice with, uh, you know, doing the breath work and doing that. It's just really focusing on me and always trying to get better, trying to. And I don't like using the word better because it means like my old self wasn't good. It's yeah. just I'm trying to un- I, like, kind of tell people it's like I'm trying to unravel who I am to the fullest that I possibly can be. Um, that is something I'm always working on. So when I. You know, like in my second book, A Walk in the Dark, and this whole thing about cryotherapy relates to everything we're talking about. How can you take the elements of life and let that teach you? Mm. And just to understand me, I'm a type A driver, uh, personality, task oriented. It's just who I am. But um, so I would read tons of books. I would study. I do all this stuff. And then eventually I just got tired of it. Like I was hitting walls. I wasn't growing. I wasn't feeling fulfilled. All this knowledge I know. I was like, oh, great. I know so much. But I'm like, it's not doing anything for me, at least from a fulfillment standpoint. Maybe financially, right. yes, but not a fulfillment standpoint. And for would, me, would you say that you weren't quite? You had the knowledge, but you weren't integrating with it. In, yeah, I wasn't in integrating your, no. theology in your life. Exactly. It's like one of those things you read these books. It's like going to work. It's like going to a workshop or something, and all of a sudden you just you learn everything and you just don't implement it, right? And so I knew so much, but I wasn't implementing. And so eventually, I made a twist, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop reading. I'm just going to whatever I feel like I need. I'm just going to go buy the book and read it and I'll just take care. I'll finish it as quick as I can and, and implement, then I'll start implementing. And I made a rule. I read a book, I implement it. Once I'm done implementing and it's fully in my life, then I can go ahead and read another book. Um, and that's kind of the process of what I've done with reading, but it's being in the moment of understanding, like, uh, what has been a very good grounding practice for me, which allows me to be more centered is knowing that the universe is going to present anything and everything to me for my benefit. And yeah. so when you want to exceed for something great, you're going to have to go through great challenges. Um, right. Unless, you know, unless you're a ma- we're all masters of energy. We just don't, like I tell people all the time, I don't have to go through those challenges, but it's just where I'm at. Like that's my life. And it's just, the universe is saying, Hey, knucklehead, I'm going to give you these things because you're, you're not going to learn in any other way. And yeah. I'm like, all right, universe, and this is what I have to go through. This is fine. I'll just have to accept that. I don't want to have to, I don't want to go through the pain and the struggles, but it's, it's one of those things where, uh, for sometimes you just have to, and it's just the part of yeah. the process of, um, you know, a diamond just doesn't turn into a diamond. It has to go through immense pressure with coal and heat to eventually get to that state. And yeah. some people need more than others. Um, and so it's one of those things where ever since I've shifted my mindset that way about five years ago, um, it has helped me to stay more centered. It has helped me in every element of my life. 
um, because now I, I, I let life teach me and I just yeah. be a student of it. And that yeah. has really helped me come more centered to me. And I really believe that's where, you know, you ever meet a master who's like, you know, you're talking about lighting up a room. I mean, there's people who I, I like cry as soon as I hug them. I'm like, why am I crying? Like, what do I need to cry for? What, what do they do? I'm, it just yeah. blows. Or someone just looks at you a certain way. I had a teacher one time look at me a certain way. And he was like, you're a good soul. And all of a sudden I just cry in front of him and I hug him. I'm like, why did you, I'm like, you, it's not the words you said. Cause trust me, that, that, that doesn't, I'm like, there's something you're throwing. And, um, but yeah, long story short. The trans, transmitting energy. Oh yeah. Penetrable. Like it just hits you like a wave. And you're like, hold on here. And then you just like, hold on. I'm, I'm choked up here for a second. Um, but yeah, it's kind of those practices. I know I'm kind of going all over the place with it, but it's, it's, um, I would say the biggest thing that really like I'm feeling that really has helped me massively and keep me in this place is letting life teach me, not thinking I have to figure it out, but rather just do the work I need to do. Be present, be silent, listen. Um, that's a big one. And it's not just listening to you know um, um, other people. It's more listening to my intuition. Yeah. What's, what's coming up? And I talk a lot about this. Like you have this thing inside you that can guide you in every single aspect of your life. And the key thing is, if you really want to be, have a, I call it a soul-fulfilled life. Maybe there'll be another book I'm going to write down the road. What is a soul-fulfilled life? Um, and one of those things is, is that when you can tap into that, you're always going to stay centered and grounded. And then it just lets your soul, your light, your essence, just really radiate out into the world. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what have I, I got from what you just said there is that you have developed and expanded your mental, emotional, and spiritual capacity to handle anything, you know, that, you know, you don't have to be concerned about the how. A lot of people are like, oh, how, or how, or how, you know, and and I think by developing what you're saying, this, this inner capacity, this inner development, then you minimize the how because we, we can plan all we want. <laughs> it doesn't always work out as we plan, you know, because nature's got certain things to put us through and, and life and business so we can grow in, into, a, into a better version. And, and our imperfections are more refined and, and perfected in a, in a better way. And I think the more that we can develop that capacity to not be caught up on the how and to be able to trust and believe in, in the capacity that we have and the intentions that we have and the outcomes that we want and the, what, what else is there? The process, you know, trust the process, trust the, trust the other people in our life that, you know, uh, we're working with or connected with. Um, then we can be at peace, you know, in, in the midst of all the challenges going on. So, you know, it's, it's beautiful that you can uh, support people in having that experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the thing of just getting people to trust themselves at the end of the day, yep. right? And knowing that, um, you know, it, 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 and even don't get me wrong, I, I still work on this. I always tell people like I'm very transparent, and very I like to keep it straightforward. Like, as there's still things like starting a new business. There's those old things like how am I going to get to this point? What am I doing? And then of course I go into meditation, and universe is very comical in many ways for me at least. And they'll start like, hey, dummy, what do you you know this stuff? You what would you tell your clients? Like seriously, we're gonna have to have this conversation with you again. I'm like. You know, this is interesting how you like to like to talk to me in this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So I want to go back a bit to this this thing we call stress, and the reason why I want to bring it up now is because we've seen in the last week and the last month, there's a lot of stress coming to the surface, right? Uh, you may have experienced it in your individual life or people around you. You know, like yesterday we had like neighbors, a couple fighting in the house for like literally the whole day it was like because uh, they were going 12 rounds sort of thing 
And and then, you know, uh, obviously what, what's going on in, in the Ukraine, you know, there's a lot of st- that stress has finally burst into the, you know, to, into violence. And then we saw it at the Oscars and, and, and things like that. And it's like, okay, you know, like there's a lot of stress right now. What is the best way you think people can get a handle on the stress, not be so affected by it? Because the stress is always going to be there in some shape or form. It always will. The, the reason why the stress gets to us so much is we're resisting. We're resisting something. That's what's going to cause stress in some way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. it's, resistance is a cause of all suffering. You know, mm-hmm. when you look at someone like Will Smith, it's someone who is an actor I really appreciate. I don't know him yeah. as a person, so I can't comment anything about his personal. I don't know anything about him. I never met the guy. I never hung out with him. I don't know anything. All I know is him as an actor. And I did a podcast on this where I talk about um, – you know, the inner turmoil of people we have within and these battles we have or whatever. We all have a battle inside of us. We all have our things that we're dealing with. I mean, we had COVID for two years in the world, which now there's supposedly another threat of it coming back or whatever China's up to right now. Uh, we had a, we had we had to there was a lot of resistance. I mean, emotional, emotional, uh, physical abuse went up through the roof. When, when there was lockdowns and so forth, there's been a lot of emotional stress. Mental suffering is going through the roof right now or has been. Um, yeah. And again, it's. It's going back to the premise and the simplicity of it. What are we resisting? What yeah. is showing up that we're resisting? Because the more we stuff in and try to hold in and not deal with or avoid the pain or whatever that may be, the bigger the explosion that's going to come. Right. I mean, Will Smith was a prime example of that. Um, but there's other people too. I mean, I always joke. I, I was I was joking on Facebook one day, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, why, you know, people are driving like gas is like a dollar." And what I meant by that was is that. Um, the way they're driving, they're very like, it's just rubbing. And, and I'm in yeah. Knoxville, Tennessee. It's even worse than Chicago. And it wow. was one of those things where I'm like, and I always tell my wife, I'm like, the way people drive is the mental state of where they are, you know, True. Uh, True. because you're the, you know, the car is just an expression of you. You're, you're one yeah. running it, you're driving it, you're doing all that. And how, so, how, however, however you're expressing is how you're feeling. Yeah. Exactly. I know when I'm stressed out or I'm in a, you know, mentally just in a rush and I'm like, oh man, I gotta get going here. My driving is not like it normally is. And yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it, it comes back to that resistance. So what's the answer to that? Let go first and really just ask you, you, know, you can ask yourself the question, why am I so bothered by this? Or why did I get so bothered by that? What triggered me for this? Because triggers, I, I love when a patient, like a patient, when a client is telling me about like, oh, I was triggered because of this. Great. Let's talk about that. What do you mean I want to talk about? The more emotional charge you have to that trigger and the more the explosion, the more you're resisting. That's work we need to work on of what things you're holding back, what may be, you know, different things that are happening. And and I say let go because it's like anything else. Just, you know, a water, when it's running down a babbling brook, it doesn't hold on before a rock. It's going to hit a rock, right? Imagine right. it doing that. It, it, it would never make it where it needs to go. You're going to bump all over the place. It won't be pretty. Yep. What, what water does is just flows. It just says, hey, you know what? This is fine. Let me see what's going on here. I'm going to go this way now. Okay, great. Oh, look at this. Took me on an adventure. Now I'm going to go that way. And uh, every single drop of water always ends up in the ocean. At the end of yep. the day, it always does. Sometimes and, and, and some the, the ocean doesn't resist it. The ocean no. like, embraces all rivers, basically. Yeah. It does. All things, everything. And that's kind of like Mother Earth, right? You can take you know, Mother Earth. You can put all the garbage in the world into Mother Earth. Guess what? It recycles it. And you yeah. can take it from an energy standpoint, too. You can take your negative emotions. If you can't handle it, send it to Mother Earth, whatever you want to call her, you know, and just say, recycle this for me. Here, I'm going to give this to you because I don't know how to handle it. And that's okay. There's yeah. times I do that, too. And all the modalities and all the tools and all the things that I've learned over the years of how to keep myself in a certain place, there's still times where it's like it just gets to me. And then I'm like, you know what? 
Mother Earth, I just surrender to you. I leave this all to you. I know you can turn this around. I just don't know at this point. But exactly. Um, but yeah, resistance is what I would say is, is is that thing. And if you can really pay attention to those triggers, especially the ones that really make that big explosion, like for yeah. Will Smith, it's the question of answering answer. I'll just use him as an example because it just happened. You know, it's like for him to explode, even though he was laughing five seconds before that. But that explosion of that feeling, that energy, you know, it's a question asked. Why did that? Why did that bother me so much? Why did I let some simple joke, whether where you stand that, I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying yeah. a joke that was just a joke. It didn't have a negative intent. Uh, the intention behind it was clean. So with that being said, why did I react the way I did? I need to check myself first. And then I need to look at, you know, what, what self, you know, limiting. It's usually like um, low self-worth that comes up with something like that. Because yeah. when we, when we, when we get a, when we get offended by somebody from a verbal standpoint and we get physical, that's usually because we don't know how to handle that emotionally. So yeah. we end up using our physical energy. So it's like if a kid doesn't listen back in the day, I know when if I didn't listen or if my mom was, I didn't listen to my mom or I wasn't getting what she said, there was physical stuff coming to put me in place. So I would understand it from a physical standpoint of pain. So, and, and, that, and that's fine. That's where she grew up in the culture. I have nothing, you know, I, I always joke around. I've had 18 wooden spoons broken over me and I'm like, but it, it, it kept me straight though. That's what matters. Italian mothers kept me straight. That's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's, that's a brilliant summation. Uh, what I, I took from that is, is people are, are resisting in some shape or form the truth about themselves or their relationships or their situation or, and they're, they got, they've got caught up in the, the complexity of it and they've lost the simplicity of life and, and, and therefore the unity of life, you know, we're all in this together, you know, we're all trying to work out life together ultimately. And if we, we think we're, we're alone and it's, it's all on me and, and stuff like that, then, you know, we don't really embrace the organizing power and intelligence that's around us. You know, we feel disconnected from, it. we feel separate from, it. we feel alone, you know? So I think it's, it's really important that we can not get caught up in resisting what we're resisting and be able to not therefore not create the stress, which then causes the explosions, you know, and, and, and violence basically. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of work, you know, the other thing we're so focused on this outer development of our lives, you know, not realizing that we can destroy it in a minute or less or a day, you know, uh, just because of some stress. You know, and that's why, you know, Will Smith had it was a very interesting dichotomy that he was in. He was he had reached the pinnacle of his achievement and, and, and the highest level. The outer development had had been fulfilled. But then what was exposed was his inner development. And that may under, undermine may or may not. I mean, I, I believe he'll rebound and he'll actually make good out of this because that's the kind of guy he is. Um but it's like it exposed his inner development at the same time. And, and hopefully people are realizing, okay, it's, you know, it's great to achieve outwardly, but inwardly have we also got it together so that we don't explode and, and corrupt and diminish that, that outer achievement, you know? So it was a, it was a very, I mean, in some ways it, it's, it's all perfect, right? Because it's, oh. it's, 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 and it was on the world, one of the world's biggest stages that the world got to learn through this, you know, and so in some ways we have to be thankful, you know, obviously we didn't want it to happen, but obviously it needed to happen for some reason for us all to learn that, okay, you know, it's great to achieve on the outside, but it's also 
most important that we develop on the inside. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I always, anything that ever shows up on TV, like things like that, or even like when COVID came and, and when it was first coming around the corner, everyone had fear. And I'm like, the only thing you fear is uncertainty. And we're going to have to learn this. <laughs> you know, it's something that the, the world has to learn. Same thing with Will Smith. To me, I, that's how I viewed it too. It's like, you can have all the outer stuff in the world, but if you don't, if you, if you don't have the inner is where it's all the magic is. In, yeah. in my opinion, that's just, you know, I think there's a whole shift in the world happening with that. I really believe from what I'm seeing and what I can feel that we're starting to get away from the external so much. Not that it's not important, but it, it's more or less of, well, that's great if I do this, but how do I feel with that process? How do, what does that mean to me? What is this, you know, why is this important rather than just, mm-hmm. you know, the constant old thing of what's been going on for, I don't know, 50, 60 years, I, at least minimum. I wasn't around 56 years ago, but I know from like a business standpoint, like what's important, you know, family, you know, what's, what's money is, is what determines a, from a male architect type. It's like, well, what's success? What's a male that's successful? We always, if you ask anybody, it's going to be money or their yeah. job or what they do. Yeah. And it's not who are they being and what they're about and the values that they live by. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the whole idea of money being the God, you know, gets a lot of people in trouble, you know? Uh, so it's, it's having, having the right intention behind things. I think, you know, it's, there's got to be pure intentions. Um, these reflexes of greed and, and vanity and lust and, and things like that, you know, they, they're there, they're, they're a part of life, but we don't want to be a victim of them. You know, we want to be a victor over them. So I think Denzel Washington, he quoted uh, Will Smith said, you, you reach the highest and the, the devil's going to try and test you, you know, at some point. And so, and that's, and it's really, it's really, it's really a test of your inner development. You know, are, are you in a, have you established, are you established in yourself and who you are and, and the values you represent and the belief? And the other thing you, you pointed out there was this, you know, this whole fear, especially it's been rampant since COVID. And there's a book that I just, you know, became uh, revealed or became cognizant of recently called uh, The Biology of Belief. I think it's by Bruce Lipton. Have you, have you read that one? Yes, so, I have. So I haven't read it yet, but I just read the description of it and I already get it. It's like, just so people know, it's like the cells we think are controlled by the DNA and the genes. And on one level they are, but what's, what they found through his, his research and studies is that it's the actual, your energy and your thoughts that come from outside your cells that have the biggest influence on how your cell behaves and conducts itself. So we thought, oh, the DNA and the, the, the genes are the most powerful level of intelligence, but no, there's a subtle, more, more deeper level of, of vibrational intelligence, I guess we can call it, that's coming from the energy that we emit and have and, and the thoughts that come out of that, that is actually determining how healthy our cells will be. Do you want to just say a bit about, about that? Oh, yeah. I love it. So epigenetics is the term, and that just means epi means above and genetics is the genes. And mm-hmm. so with his research, and, and there's tons that have followed you know, before and after him, um, that show that it is, you know, the genes are basically what the gene, the DNA really is, it's just a protein manufacturing system. So the whole job of your DNA is really just to say the nervous system dictates and says, 
hey, we got this going on. Produce those proteins for us. Thumbs up. We got the blueprint. We're going to go put it to work, right? And that's all that goes on, right? Can your belief do that? Yeah, because you can believe fear and have all these other things that come up. And what's the body going to create? Hey, we got fear coming in. Nervous system tells the genes. Gene says, okay, great. We're going to create fear proteins, fear this, fear whatever it may be. You have neuropeptides in the brain that do this. Yep. And so forth. But you can do the opposite, right? Love has its own response. It has its own yep. physiological response. And so then they can do that. Your environment can do that. So this like this. I love epigenetics. I can talk about this all day because it yep. connects. You can take spiritual concepts. You can take health concepts. You can take environmental concepts. You can do the law of association. You can pull that all in and it ties mm. literally to that. The people that you're around can affect your vibration, which can affect how your cells vibe. You know, yep. one of my one of my uh, mentors in chiropractic used to say, when you make an adjustment, you're raising the vibration of the body. Now, yeah. there may be 20 trillion, there's 75 trillion cells, give or take. Some people say 38 trillion. Uh, but long story short, they say you may have 5 trillion cells that are at a low vibration. One adjustment is not going to change all 5 trillion. It's going to take yeah. time. you got to keep doing the work com- repetitively to keep putting in that good vibe. And as and you're not doing, and then they always say, you're not doing anything anyhow. So and I'm like, hold up. You're telling me to do this that does this, but then you're telling me I don't do anything. They're like, you're like a fraction of a percent of what you're actually doing for the person. Their yep. body's doing everything. We're just unleashing, you know, un- taking yep. away that, that interference. And yep. when you can connect more, then all of a sudden vibration rises. Yep. And, and this is so so important you're talking about this this word vibration because a lot of people are trying to attract things in their life trying to make their business performance better you know trying to be a better person and and attract what they want and it's law of attraction stuff right not realizing the prerequisite to the law of attraction working is the law of vibration and so and we're we're not completely in control of the law of attraction because we don't know how things are going to work out, even though we have good intentions and doing good actions. Nature's coordinating that for us. But what we are responsible and we do have control over is our vibration, that, that energy, that, that mastery of ourself and our emotions and our thoughts. And if we can get that vibration you know, working well, then what we want to attract is more likely to, to happen for us. Because at the end of the day, the universe is not really listening to what we want or desire. It's responding to, you know, the energy and the vibration that we have. And so that's why, you know, the work that you're doing with entrepreneurs and chiropractors is, is so damn important. You know, it's fundamental. It's just, just fundamental. Every business leader needs someone like yourself that's going to help that vibration be so much stronger and coherent and clearer so that they can attract the business performance that they want. Totally. And I love how you brought up emotions because that's really the that's the generator, I call it, of your vibration because you have a thought, right? And we know thought is actually a physical thing. We can measure it. We can, There's a vibration. It's palpable, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And everyone's like, well, it's your thoughts. It's your thoughts. It's your thoughts. I said, you know, thoughts are great, um, but then there's the, there's the emotion side, which is emotion, energy, emotion, yeah. right? The old yeah. saying that everybody says. Yep. And so it's like that's that nice generator that amplifies it. And now all of a sudden that's going to tune you into um, – attract or attract or just you know create the experience you like i mean me giving out i used to say the word desire and want but then yeah. i realized again meditation universe speaking and goes you know desire or wants a focus of lack and i'm like right dang it 
I go, what the heck? And they're like, yep. And this was like a, like six, eight months ago this happened where it's like, yeah. I get where you use the word and it makes yeah. sense, but you're, you're, yeah. you're teaching people lack. And I was like, dang it, man. All right. Well, I'm not going to use that anymore. So even like, I have like a lot of my work, I'm like, oh, I got I catch myself. I'm like desire. No, no, no. I mean, like to experience because then yeah. you're choosing that takes yeah. your power back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I had a friend recently, he's, he's gone through a tough spot and, and he was given a question that said, you know, what do you want? And okay, that again, that implies, okay, there's a lack. So I want something. And I, and I, I said to, I think it's better you frame, reframe that question and say, what is the highest experience you want to have for you, for yourself and your life and in all areas of your life? And he said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. I can relate to that because it's what we want to experience. And then through the experience, we create the vibration. You know, we're inspired to be in that vibration because the experience is, is creating a reality in our synapses and, and giving those impulses to the rest of our body to, to create what we want to experience. So, totally. so awesome. So this has been fantastic, Dr. Vic. It's, it's been an amazing conversation. And uh, how can people get in touch with you, reach out to you, connect with you? Awesome. Thanks for asking. Um, so my website, empoweryourreality.com can get you connected to me, everything, my podcast on there, um, all that I do in that element. Um, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Vic Manzo, D-R-V-I-C Manzo. Um, you can catch me on there. I post stories, a ton of information. I'm always trying to give as much as I possibly can to help individuals. Just hopefully one, I always say every day I do something, I'm like, this is going to help one person. And so that's my goal. So uh, you can connect me on there and uh, that's pretty much uh, where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your great energy. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, sharing this uh, with as many people as possible. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a Saving Brothers podcast. Thanks for listening.